Today on the Benefits Breakdown, the team is joined by Sally Patterson, part of the Brown and Brown Population Health Team, expert registered nurse on the triple-demic, which is the combination of RSV, flu, and COVID, why that is important for employers to understand the exposure and what you can do about it. So welcome to the Benefits Breakdown. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Benefits Breakdown. I'm Vanessa Longnecker, here with... Hello, everybody. Jared Bocat is right here. Jared, Vanessa, are you excited for today? I am pumped. I am pumped as well. Singly pumped, doubly pumped, or triply pumped, because we're going to talk about the triple-demic. Man, there's no hope for us. But as we kick off, we can't uh, wait to dive into... That's your into... one bad dad joke for the entire episode. Adam. That's it. One, <laughs> one bad dad joke, that's all we allowed. Well, nothing, nothing going to, uh, we'll, we'll avoid jokes and get into sheer knowledge as we welcome Sally Patterson, who's a managing consultant, registered nurse, part of our Brown and Brown population health team. Sally, welcome to the Benefits Breakdown podcast. Thank you all so much. I'm Sally Patterson. I've been a nurse for over 30 years. Um, I've had experience working in cardiac units, in ICU units. I've seen a lot of patients that have had the flu very, very ill from that. I've worked a lot um, with flu vaccine and viruses. I won't get into a lot of the details behind the um, work that my father has done over the last 40 years um, with flu viruses. So um, great to be here and thank you for uh, inviting me to participate. We were, we were chatting before, and Sally did share some of that, and it's just another evidence of how many smart teammates we have compared to myself. And so, Sally, we are triply pumped to have you <laughs> with us. So, Sally, let's talk a little bit about this thing called the triple-demic. I mean, it's, it's a thing that we hear. It's in the news. You watch the morning shows. People talk about the combination of flu, RSV, covid uh, and all are different and all impact us in different ways. But maybe we could orient a little bit, uh, kind of framing around the point of employers and, and thinking about our health plans that we manage. But that triple dynamic and, and, and what is it and why, I guess, why do we care about it? Uh, from just a global perspective. Thanks so much. It is a very important topic to talk about, especially at this time of the year on the heels of COVID and last year with so many cases of RSV. So the, I guess, clinical definition of a triple-demic is uh, it's really a term that we use to talk about the risk of flu, respiratory syncytial virus, um, also known as RSV, and COVID-19, those circulating and peaking all at the same time. And the concern with that is how that might disrupt the healthcare system like it did during COVID-19. All the patients coming in to the emergency room, backing up, ambulances trying to get into those emergency rooms, you know, very sick patients at home. And um, so we're really concerned that this could very much be like the COVID-19 pandemic. It's that to the point where we start thinking about people being out of the workplace, of course, right? I'm sick. And then uh, absenteeism and presenteeism. I mean, 
there's a direct impact of these illnesses impacting employers. Is that fair to say? It definitely is. You know, with these viruses, those three viruses circulating at the same time, you're looking at absenteeism, you're looking at your workforce being ill, not as many people to really do the jobs that need to be done. And um, just, you know, the toll that that takes on families and quality of life and also the employers uh, making sure that they can take care of their employees. So Sally, obviously we've had, the flu has been around for a long time. RSV is not something that's new. We're all familiar with COVID. Why should me as an employer be concerned? And what are some of the alarming statistics that are out there around some of these spikes in the RSV and then some of the issues that are going on with the flu? And then obviously we're all aware of COVID because of how prevalent it's been the last few years. But maybe give us up to date on the flu and RSV and why employers should be more cognizant of that today than maybe they have been in the past. So with flu, we are seeing people getting sicker and sicker. We've got high fevers, body aches, runny nose. And when we were in the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, everyone was wearing masks. So there was less virus that people were getting. And because they were getting less virus, then we have the ability for those viruses to affect us now. And so I think that that's um, a very important thing for us to think about. The flu, we know there's a vaccine that we can get. Um, And this year, the vaccine has been really effective at protecting individuals from getting infections. Um, The vaccine this year covers uh, both type A and type B flu. So looking at some of the statistics from this year, as of this morning, there have been about 780,000 illnesses of flu, 8,000 hospitalizations and 490 deaths from the flu. But as we look back on statistics for um, hospitalization with RSV, We look at about 100 to 200,000 people hospitalized with RSV um, and then 700,000 with COVID-19. Last year, we looked at about hospitalizations, 300,000 to 600,000 with the flu. So we're we're about half the way through the flu season, so we're just beginning to see some of the data come, you know, really come out for, from the flu. How is that affecting the workforce? Because obviously that's something that, again, has been around, but those numbers are greatly spiked in what we've seen historically, and maybe how the RSV epidemic is affecting the, worst, the workforce specifically. So it really affects the workforce in a couple of different ways. One, a lot of times the RSV virus affects children. So you're going to have parents out of work because they need to be at home taking care of their children or sitting by the hospital bedside, making sure that they're taken care of. So that's one area that it really does infect employers. The other thing about RSV is it's really not all that known, well known that the RSV affects adults, especially adults 60 and older with comorbid diseases such as diabetes and things like that. And so 
really um, it's important for employers to know that so that they can start making sure that their work environments are safe, disinfected well, uh, making sure that they communicate hand washing, that there's, you know, sanitizing units in the workplace, very similar to when we were looking and talking about the COVID-19 pandemic, all of those type of things that we put into place, you know, during that time, you know, making sure that we had air filtration that worked well. I think that's, you know, some of the really important things to um, talk about. And, you know, one of the things that I recommended to clients back last year when we were doing a lot of work with COVID was, you know, consider implementing an on-site vaccination event. You know, your benefits consultant can assist you with the planning or you can work through local vendors. That's bringing a nurse usually on site that can give those vaccinations. And also they could give the COVID vaccine. And also there's a new vaccine now out for RSV that's for adults 60 years of age and older and for pregnant women. So we actually are starting to see more vaccines come on the market, which will really help employers to keep their um, employees healthy and at work. I think what's interesting about that, Sally, and I think, Jared, your comment about these type of diagnoses, even looking at those over 60 years old, if we break that down to a normal RSV, flu stay or COVID stay, if I'm hospitalized, that's not a, I got a cut and I'm in and out of the hospital quickly. These are, if you definitely, if you align a comorbidity, these are longer hospital stays, very expensive to health plans. And one of these things that if we can address uh, on the front end, almost like a preventative visit, when we talk about just general healthcare, we have the opportunity to, uh, to negate that on the back end. And I feel like that's kind of this, this piece that if we look at a demographic analysis, and Sally, I'm sure you're doing this with, with clients and, and, and customers today, that, that you kind of see that, yes, my demographic might have somebody or have not even a ton of people, but some exposure that uh, maybe really have a, maybe a targeted message to that population and try to engage them. Have you seen success and kind of in that over 60 market to uh, really try to get people to have that kind of preventative care done with that vaccine and maybe help control that spend on health plans? that too far of a reach? Not, from, a, uh, not at all. We have been talking to clients about how important it is to communicate the message about RSV and the vaccine that has recently come out and also to educate their employees about, you know, what is RSV? What are the symptoms? You know, it usually just starts with you know, mild cold-like symptoms. It's a runny nose, um, sore throat. However, can easily and quickly transition into emergency symptoms, which, you know, emergency room visits, which would include shortness of breath and, you know, the possibility of one of their employees um, being in ICU on a ventilator, you know, and dealing with, you know, some high cost claimants. So, We have been working, let's start at the beginning. Let's talk about prevention so that we can avoid these costly emergency room visits and ICU visits leading to a long length of stay. We have seen some of the RSV um, 
you know, length of stays in adults, you know, anywhere from five days and, you know, it, it could last much, much longer than that. Um, you know, 20 days, you can't really put a number on that. But what we're seeing and just a sort of a personal story for me, my mom, who is in her 80s, um, got RSV last year. She was in the hospital for about 15 days, ended up on the ventilator, and then after that went to rehab, essentially a a nursing home for 21 days, and then ended up at home with a lot of um, physical therapy and then led up to, you know, some more complications. So it's really important for employers and the public to realize that RSV is a very, a very serious illness, not just in children, but also in adults and how that really can affect absenteeism and also can increase healthcare costs for um, employers. No, I think that's fantastic information, Sally. I think that employers, we don't know, we think about our immediate, what's right here in front of us. We're not always thinking about kind of the multiplier effect of what that can mean. And and so many of us in the workforce are part of that sandwich generation, right? Where we may have young ones at home. We may be helping with our parents and RSV obviously still can affect pregnant mothers, but also the young and the elderly are most affected those in the workforce are caring for those two generations that are affected so greatly by RSV. And so that education becomes crucial to help educate over 65, what are the ramifications and those young people who can be affected by RSV and why employers need to be aware of that effect of presenteeism because they're going to be caring for those that are sick, that are affected by RSV. What are some things that you've helped um, employers do as far as education and Are there sites out there? Are there places out there that employers can get information to help get some of that education that's needed? When I think about RSV, flu, and COVID, some of the things that I have talked to employers about are some caregiver benefits. There's some vendors out there that will actually work with employers and their employees to provide benefits to help that person take some time off work and to actually um, find caregivers that could take care of their children so that those employees can actually stay at work and, you know, work some sort of hybrid um, schedule where they could work a few days in the office and a few days at home so that, you know, there really is a way to maintain their ability to, you know, perform their jobs and perform them well. And that way they're, they're feeling comfortable that they've got a caregiver that can help take care of their family member, their child. So, and I think that's one of the really important things that we've talked to clients about. And that really has been sort of something that we've been talking to clients about really in the last three or four years and has been very successful. A lot of our clients are putting in those caregiver benefits and uh, we um, have information on that. Should anybody um, be interested in in vendors uh, that are, you know, looking to implement those type of uh, services? I mean, to kind of timestamp this a bit as we wrap in, you know, throughout 2023 and kick off 2024, you know, it, 
it's kind of it's never too late, right? It's that whether we're either looking back in this flu season or RSV or COVID time in 2023, Sally. So I kind of want to break that out. Like what employers can do kind of now at this point versus, you know, if we're thinking about a 2024 schedule and strategy, what you just brought up in, in, in kind of reviewing your vendors, who you have already in place, but who else we might consider so that we're engaging them in maybe the kind of the normal structure of what you might suggest. So maybe we could break that out. Uh, right, we're not too late for 2023. Maybe we can start there and what employers can do uh, do now. What employers can do right now is begin, you know, education. If they've not already started that, get messages out via um, email, whatever channels they have to let them know about the triple-demic and the statistics that we just talked about. Refer them to the CDC website and also to their physicians. So that's something that we can do right now. I think as we look into... 2024, let's put this on um, the plan or strategic plan. Let's talk about these respiratory viruses, you know, the RSV, flu, COVID, whatever else, unfortunately, might be coming down the road. Let's put together a plan that they can implement should one of these viruses, a new viruses, come into place. So we do have some, we have actually put together a preparedness plan for clients before um, with COVID, which really would work for any of these respiratory viruses. So I, when we think about planning for 24, let's consider putting and talking about these type of preventive planning so that we can make sure that employers are aware of it and can be be ready to go. No, and I think that comes down to your environment as well, where I think we've got not one size fits all. I mean, you might have as simple as putting wash your hands at the bathroom sinks, or you could have an environment where you really have to consider air filters and how much filtration goes through your facility because of people maybe being in the same room all day, every day. Um, and I think that's where we really got to get personal with this. This is not send out a flyer. This isn't you check the box and it's done. This is a serious part of your ongoing population health strategy that needs to be not just built now, but managed and, and, and secured uh, for the future. So I, I like the employer concepts that we're putting out there because I think it really keeps that fresh. But I don't think people, personally, I don't see a lot of people doing this on the ongoing basis. They really aren't. They really aren't. And when we were working with clients, especially with COVID, we put together a risk strategy, you know, where do they fall in terms of how much risk do they want to take with this? And then determine from that, what should they put in place? Should they put HEPA filters in all of their conference rooms? You know, how do they want to do disinfecting? All of the things that we talked about with COVID, hand washing, hand sanitation, how do you cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze? Things that we think that people should know, we need to remind them um, about those things. No, and I was going to say, Sally, and you, you went right there is, I think we got really good at those reminders during COVID and it was top of mind for so many people. But those reminders is something that I think employers can continually bring to the forefront to, to, with their employees, right? What are, what are steps that we're taking to help prevent a lot of these respiratory diseases or illnesses that are out there? And, and what are things that we can be reminded of on a consistent basis to help prevent that in the workplace. I love that that you said sometimes it's just simple education of, 
you know what, sing your ABCs while you wash your hands, whatever it is, right, that we need to be reminded of that my wife does with my children. Sometimes we as adults need to be reminded of those things as well. <laughs> if I get my 13-year-old to cover her mouth when she sneezes her nose, I mean, goodness gracious, that would be a win for me at home. It's just so simple, but it, it's not, it's, it, but it's so simple, Jared, to your point, but we just don't do it sometimes. And I think in, on, in the workforce too, we got to be cognizant of how, the exposure, not just to us, but to our, our teammates that we might be around or clients that we might be around. You no, know, totally agree. You know, and, you know, some of the things like, you know, washing your hands and singing the ABC song, while it, you know, sounds a little bit silly, it really makes a difference. You know, stay home if you're sick you know, encourage social distancing. Um, and we, you know, we talk about, um, you know, the, the workers in the, that may have, um, that may be immunocompromised because of perhaps having cancer, um, perhaps employers finding a way to, um, make sure that those employees stay safe while you know, making sure that, um, PHI is, is maintained. You mentioned you mentioned about staying home while you're sick. I think some of those simple reminders, right? I think sometimes we try to power through, you know what, I can't miss work. I got to be here. Sometimes you're going to do more harm than good. And I think as HR, our audience is mainly the HR people out there for employers, reminding your teammates or your employees or whatever the term is that you use, hey, it's okay to miss a day if you're not feeling well. We'd rather have you keep your germs at home and not spread them to the entire office because you're right. There are some of those people out there who are immunocompromised. Some of those people who have, Adam always jokes around that I'm going to share some PHI, but I will. I have an autoimmune disease. <laughs> you know what? I'd rather have those people keep their germs at home because I have a compromised immune system. I would rather not have that in the workforce. Let's, if you're sick, take a day or two off and get better before you bring those germs back to the office. Totally agree. Well said. It seems like, and just kind of wrap that up, I think you've got that involvement to that preventive side, like with technology, with probably the COVID time built out more virtual solutions than ever, that doesn't replace, I would say, a true primary care physician in many regards, but having those where to go for care thoughts before you have it. I think we talked about that earlier, but the challenge might be for the HR professionals or even those educating their teammates, employees, friends, have that ready. So when you have that need, you're going to be, you're able to go someplace without then maybe having to suffer to go to the office or potentially you can get that done uh, virtually through telehealth and, and maybe save you time exposure versus maybe an ER visit if that might not be necessary. So, I mean, Sally, is that, it seems like that should be kind of our, our what you should do first. Like, just think about where to go for care, have that plan and educate those, those friends of, of yourself or teammates. That's exactly right. Where do we want our employees to go when they're sick? Sometimes they don't know, you know, do they go to urgent care? Do they go to telemedicine? How exactly do they get there? So very important for employers to educate employees. What are the different options? Are they brick and mortar PCPs? Are they telemedicine vendors? Are they working with your PCP that may have the ability to do a telemedicine visit through their office? very effective. Telemedicine has been very effective through COVID. And I think it has um, its place in the workforce going forward. I mean, no doubt, just an ongoing conversation that is, uh, to Jared's point earlier, I'm just thankful that we have super, super smart people like you, Sally, and our population health team to guide us through. Because in theory, a lot of this is so uh, generic, but the action of it is just so amazing when we have the, the plan of, uh, of action that your team puts out 
and we're very thankful for you. So we're just elated that you can join us today on the Benefits Breakdown. There's just so much that we could dig into further, but as questions come up, please feel free to reach out to any of your Brown and Brown teammates. And Sally, thanks again for joining us today on the Benefits Breakdown. Thank you very much. And remember to wash your hands. And cover your cough. <laughs> thanks for listening to the Benefits Breakdown. If you have questions, just connect with any Brown or Brown teammate to learn more. Have a great day and we'll see you next time on the Benefits Breakdown. <laughs>